This is the podcast that starts as a work, then turns into a shoot, back into a work, then before you know it, you've worked yourself into a shoot, brother. Welcome to Getting Worked. So do electric boogaloo. It's it's not called electric boogaloo. Hey guys, I'm Mike. Welcome again to getting worked. Once again, thank you guys so much for downloading, subscribing, listening to this episode. Uh, if you're not already, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, whatever platform you use for podcasting. Uh, follow us on Getting Worked on Instagram at Getting Worked with Mike. Or on Twitter, at Getting Worked. Uh, for this episode, I called him my friend Barico. We have an awesome conversation. You might know Barico from the YouTube show Nobody's Watching Wrestling. I have been a fan of theirs for a very long time. Go follow them on YouTube, watch their show, listen to their podcast. We're going to talk about that and plug all that later on the show. But I just wanted to take this time to thank you guys once again for listening. Uh, give us that like. Give us that subscribe on Twitter. Come be part of the show. No, but thank you guys again. Uh, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen of the internet, we are here. Second episode of Getting Worked. Uh, for this episode, I've been a fan of this group since the first moment I saw them. Ever since I watched the first episode of their YouTube show, I knew I wanted to sit down and talk with a couple members of this group. So... I am super excited and happy to have actually a member of Nobody's Watching Wrestling on YouTube, uh, Lady Barica Andrews. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Second episode. Wow. Yeah, you were on the you were on the short list of people I wanted to speak to. So thank you again for doing this. I know we've been trying to talk for years now. Right. Ever since I did an old show yeah. called Highly Opinionated, I've been a huge fan of you guys. Yeah. Uh, about how long has it been that you've been doing the nobodies? Well, the nobodies have been a thing for, I think, five years now, five or six years, maybe coming up on six. I don't remember. A long time. Um, Nobody's Watching Wrestling started, I think, we're coming up on our third anniversary. Mm -hmm. Maybe fourth. I, time is uh, not a thing <laughs> that uh, I exist in. Um, but yeah, it's been a while. Nobody's watching wrestling. We just came, came, uh, from us just watching wrestling together in a group and our friend Jordan, who's our, who was, uh, one of our producers, he was the producer of nobody's watching wrestling, um, for a long time. And, uh, he just wanted to put us on film and we were like, okay. And we, didn't think it would go past the first episode, but I do remember being in a bar that night that we released the first episode and just like refreshing the YouTube feed to see the accounts going up. And it was just blew my mind. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you said refresh because it's such a refreshing take you guys have on pro oh, wrestling. <laughs> and as far as, as far as you personally go, how, how long have you been a wrestling fan? Um, I, I, don't even know if I can call myself a fan. I don't watch a lot, but uh, I am very interested in it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. A lot of people um, get brought in secondarily by friends. Yeah, I think they would. And kind of in the periphery and then moving into being an observer themselves. Yeah, for me, it's like, um, I mean, I watched when I was a kid. I grew up in like the Hulkamania era and they're like the WWF cartoon series, mm-hmm. Andre the Giant, that sort of thing. So it was very huge back then. So if you were a kid in the Midwest, you had to like, watch it or know something about it yeah uh if you didn't want to get your ass beat for playing with barbie (laughs) um (laughs) no uh which i also did i played with barbies and transformers and gi joes and wrestlemania or wrestling uh toys um sorry i think i skirted around the question and now i forget what uh you asked me Oh, no, no, no. We're just talking oh, about uh, where you started as a wrestling fan. You, you say you came up watching Hulkamania and more of that big 80s, yeah. early 90s, over-the-top character era. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think my stick uh, or whatever my gimmick is is to that I don't really know a lot, but I also know random things from way back when. Right. Uh, which is fun when they pop up. Like, nobody knew that Freddie Prince Jr. was a writer for WWE for a while, like, in our little group. And I was like, yeah, duh. I don't know why I knew that, but duh. Yeah, it was, like, the first job he got after, like, starring in movies. It was his way of showing, like, hey, I can write something. Yeah, yeah. So, Um, taking that, knowing where you came from and being a wrestling fan younger, seeing the Hulkamania era, uh, how did that come about with the nobodies integrating because you guys have always been really entrenched in New York nightlife. Um, I myself not super familiar with the scene. You guys are actually kind of my window into that. Uh, Where did professional wrestling come into the mix for as far as the nobodies go? Well, I would say we were on the periphery of New York nightlife. Uh, we were on the trenches outside of nightlife, like outside of the mainstream of nightlife. That makes yeah. sense because nightlife isn't really that mainstream. I guess it's more so now. But um, we started doing shows, like I said, five or six years ago. And our first weekly show was called Nobody's Talking Shit. And it was uh, this weekly topical talk show live at a bar that we did for 10 of our friends uh, on average. 10 is like being generous. Um, We did this old bar called Don Pedro, rest in peace. Um, And it was basically now it was the uh, prototype for nobody's watching wrestling. How we got into wrestling was, like I said earlier, we... Uh, DJ Action Report and Ariel and um, their group of friends who are now my group of friends as well, but uh, would would just watch weekly uh, before before Drag Race started. I think the story that Eric and Ariel tell is that Ariel had cable. They would go to Ariel's house to watch Drag Race, and Eric would put uh, or an Action Report. Oops, oopsie, <laughs> Accident Report. Keeping kayfabe on DJ Action Eric Report on Twitter. Everybody knows his real name. Um, sorry, accident report. I'll apologize in person later. Um, yeah, so they he would put on wrestling before Drag Race, and so they'd just watch it, and then that kind of got Ariel hooked into it a little bit. And then I came along later on, and um, I went to a couple of their little viewing parties, but um, 
I didn't get that. It it was it was yes, like they liked watching wrestling, but they also liked the artifice and the um, irony of it all, and kind of watching it in an ironic, fun way rather than like a serious. I come from a place where people <laughs> took it very seriously and thought the storylines were serious and all that stuff, and so I came in like I don't want to like make fun of it or like. Um, make anybody mad or whatever, but I guess that's my job now. So So where did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in Kansas. Okay. So growing up in Kansas, yeah. Southeast Kansas. In the Midwest, wrestling was real. Like Kayfabe was It was kept, real. Like people jumped rails in the seventies and eighties to go after villains like the Midnight Express and all of these characters, you know, the original Sheik that would come through the territory. So yeah, you came from an area mm-hmm. where it was definitely Nothing was fake. Real. Talk about it being fake. I remember, I think probably a turning point um, for a lot of people was, I don't remember the wrestler's name, but they were in Kansas City for a show and he fell from the rafters and actually died. Okay. Um, I I don't remember who it was, but I remember thinking, oh my God. One of my childhood friends was a huge fan of wrestling. I was like, imagine if he was there and thought, like, wow, this is a, a great stunt, but this guy, like, actually died. Um, not to bring it down, but, like, that's what I kind of think about, like, probably people didn't know right away that this guy had actually fallen to his death. Right. Uh, because it was so real to people. Oh, yeah. And, you know, referring, like, sounds similar to the story of Owen Hart, where people watched him fall maybe that's who it was was it was it on wwe television or wwf at the time i don't remember i don't remember the details but i do know well maybe now i'm questioning myself i think it was in kansas city i think they were doing a show at kansas city but that name sounds familiar in reference to that and and it must be death is a thing you know when, when when a company like wrestling you're like questioning like is is what they're doing part of the show is it not part of the show what's real what's are we getting worked right are we getting worked are we getting worked yes but yeah we weren't no they weren't working no so knowing now what you know compared to growing up seeing that with your friends introing you to modern wrestling where basically fans are all in on the show we're all yeah and well yeah, now I'm in on the work, and I'm in on my friends being in on the work, and um, I can watch it however I want to, which is something I've heard from our fans a lot. Uh, very early on, people would write us and be like, oh, I didn't know I could be queer and like wrestling. I didn't know I could watch it in the same way. I didn't know I could talk about guys' butts in the way that you do. Like, I'm like, uh, yeah, you can. Of course you can. I Whatever do you want to do. I, as a straight man, if I do the same talk thing. About if guys can talk about girls' tits all the time, you can talk about a boy's butt. So it's many okay. times, my girlfriend and I acknowledge, we're, we'll be watching a WWE pay-per-view, we're like, like, AJ Styles' dick is just there. It's right there. Just there. It's always presented, front, forward, middle of just the screen. They always seem to get that perfect angle of it, and they know what they're doing. Yeah. And with that AJ Styles, of course, if you are a homosexual, please talk about his dick. Because he needs to hear it. Yeah, being not being a fan. Yeah, be, being a, a, the kind of person he is and believing what he believes that Earth is flat and yeah. things of that nature. We definitely need to explain to him that it's okay for people to acknowledge your dick. 
because it's right yeah. there. Your company's acknowledging it. They're literally paying your paycheck and then going, hey, put it in the middle of the screen. <laughs> so oh my God. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So being a, a gay wrestling fan is something where part of that community necessarily was not really involved. It was more a quiet sidebar. When you talk about the Attitude Era, there was always signs calling Shawn Michaels a homo and all these different things where mm-hmm. nowadays you can't get a, like, like that's not that doesn't fly it's not part of the community yeah. anybody that even thinks that men thinks in that way is ostracized from the side and I agree with you it's the way it should be there shouldn't be that mentality yeah. in pro wrestling um, you, you you talked about a little bit of that with with people talking about realizing you know they couldn't be part of that community and then be a wrestling fan do you see that wrestling as an industry is acknowledging that, or is it just the fans taking it by the reins? I mean, I think it's kind of both. I mean, I don't know. I'm in a bubble. I live in New York City. I live in Brooklyn, New York City. So I don't, you know, I don't really see it until I get outside of myself. But I do know that there's like, queer promotions or queer centric promotions yeah. just selling shit out. Like, uh, I'll be at uncanny attractions at, at WrestleMania weekend. And I, I worked their show and was on commentary last time they had one here in Brooklyn. And it was basically sold out. And, um, and when I was back in Kansas this last fall, I did an event, uh, connected to journey pro wrestling there in Kansas city. And they're very, I was able to be a part of the moment and you know, I'm not ever going to take credit for anything, but I get to be part of this. The wrestling community has been so supportive and embraceive for us yeah. uh, as queer people and given uh, myself a voice that I didn't know I mattered, uh, you know, and most of the time we're having fun and talking about, you know, dicks and butts or whatever. I, at least that's where it started. But it also opened us to talk about, you know, the homophobia, the, right. you know, anti-trans shit. And, but so Journey Pro, uh, I was able to be a part of this moment. We did a little fundraiser when I was back uh, home. And um, one of the owners came out as queer bisexual and he's like, I feel like I am supporting this community. And I need to be real with everyone. It was just like such this beautiful moment of this person who is around my age. I'm 38. He has to be close to where I am at. And just now feeling comfortable to like talk about that in an open way. And it felt really nice to be part of that moment. And uh, yeah. Cause and, and that's beautiful. Like moments like that were never allowed to blossom as a wrestling fan years ago. Yeah. Like things like that were yeah. closeted. You had stories of like guys like Canyon who were stars in WCW who couldn't express who they were mm-hmm. for fear of you, you wouldn't get booked. You get put in a comedy storyline. They'd treat you like, yeah. like, like a caricature oh. of being a homosexual. Whereas. Yeah. Okay. And more to your question about, is it the fans or is it the, you know, um, wrestling, it's kind of like an egg or a chicken type deal, is right. it, you know, which came first. And I think, but I really think if you present, even in something like pro wrestling, if you present people and uh, personas that 
look like other people. The fans are going to rise up and they're going to change. Right. I think what a lot of people were worried about was like their fan base, you know, cis, white, you know, straight dudes leaving them. And what they didn't, what they haven't thought about and what is happening now is that you're going to gain new fans by doing new storylines and actual good shit. Well, and they're the fans that'll stick around. The new fans coming in yeah. that are feeling included are going to last a lot longer than these dinosaurs still talking about how yeah. things are killing the business. This isn't part. This yeah. isn't my wrestling, which is something that just needs to go away entirely. Wrestling isn't anyone's wrestling. Yeah. It's everyone's wrestling. It's nobody's. It's a community. I mean, exactly. it really is a community. And I every time I go to a live show and I've made friends in 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 this community, I feel so embraced and I don't feel out of place and I feel protected too. So with, with that being said, a, a big thing going on right now is mm-hmm. the idea that uh, AEW's new women's champion, uh, uh, Ny- Nyla Rose, is a transgender female. And the uh-huh. idea that certain people in the wrestling industry have taken issue with that. Going as far as uh-huh, in normal sports society with the idea of should transgender individuals be able to compete in said gender because of genetics, blah, 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 blah. And to the point where people are suing over the idea of keeping yeah. sports the tight, old, stuffy way that they were. Do you feel that wrestling, being that it is a story that we're telling could use that or would that be sooner to be misused the concept of of gender as her linchpin of her character you're asking should that her gender be a storyline story with should it be a world? subject does it play subject. or should rea- or should the real world figure it out before wrestling puts its hands I don't on think it. it needs to. But here's the thing. Did you know that Cody didn't even know that she was transgender when he hired her? See, no, I, I was not aware of that. Before we talked, but yeah, this was the thing, like, um, I wish I would have looked it up before. But yeah, when that was all happening, it, the story came out that he didn't know that she was transgender before he hired her. Yeah. Um, which I could buy, which which I absolutely think, makes sense because you look at her, she yeah. just looks like an amazing, powerful female. Like I, I, I and wouldn't look is. at her necessarily and say, is. "Oh, that's transgender." What she is. First thing off the bat, that's not where my brain's going to jump. Mm-hmm. And I think I can't speak for Nyla, but I think she lives her life so openly that it's not an issue for her. Right. I think if it were to become part of the storyline, what I would hope is that they talk to her. Let her decide how it wants to, how she wants to be, how she wants to use that as her story. Does it need to be part of the storyline? I don't think so. It's nobody's business. I, she's a great wrestler. Absolutely, and yeah. To to give the counterpoint to that, certain people think it should be. I.e., you've got uh, former WWF superstar Val Venus voicing his. Yeah, opinion. I think. The should be is like a bullshit thing. It's like, it's like, 
this person that didn't even know her expects that people expect that they are owed something from someone that is gay or transgender or gender nonconforming. And really, um, we don't owe shit to anyone. When you say, you know, once we start living our lives it, it, uh, at full capacity, and by that I mean as who we are, and you know, this is something that's really close to me because I've just started thinking about my gender in different ways at 38 years old. It wasn't available to me to be gender nonconforming when I was growing up. And for all intents and purposes, that's what I was and what I am, you know? It's only now that I'm realizing that, um, you know, I non-binary is not about being masculine or feminine. It's just about being. But the way I reference it for myself is that as a child, I started to remember things as a child of like being really feminine, playing with Barbies. And my mom let me buy this Ken doll when I was a kid. And it was like one of the best gifts I was ever given as a child. And then, you know, that kind of, those kind of feminine qualities got naturalized out of me. And I started, you know, going to Boy Scouts and going camping and which is all stuff that any kid should do, no matter of their gender. But I was doing those things or being pushed in those directions because I was a boy, you right. know. Right. That's not how I identify anymore. But um, I'm getting kind of, kind of convoluted here, but... No, no. I think it's no one's business when somebody starts to decide to, to, to live their true self. And... It, they don't owe anybody anything if it become if it i would love you know i would love that storyline to be told but only if it's done in the right way right and if nyla wants it to be part of her story within the company she's very open outside of that role but i think it would only do good as, as long as they did it right and it seems like cody has enough of a sense about him to do it right but you know it's like I hope they have people in the writing room that are like her. Right. You know, so she can focus on the wrestling. And so if they decide to make that part of her storyline, I hope they have somebody writing for her that understands her. So do you feel that when, cause, cause you, you said that a lot of times straight people and, and will feel that transgender people owe them something. Do you feel that, that? I think it's, I think in general, like, and it's not just transgender. It's like I, you know, when I came out as gay 20 years ago, like I've been out as queer for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. so, I, it, at that time for myself, I found that I thought I needed to tell people ahead of time. And as an adult now, 20 years later, it's more for myself. Like I don't go around saying I'm gay. And like, I think it's the same idea as straight people. And I say this generally, I have great straight people in my life. I have great cis people in my life. I don't want this to come off derogatory, but uh, it's the same thing when someone like Val Venus, 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 who cares? Venus. I think cause it was supposed to How rhyme a penis, it? but who cares? Cause he is a penis. So, Oh my God, of course. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know anything about this dude, but it seems like he's just, you know, that old school and he expects 
something that he doesn't deserve, like especially the way he's talking about her. I don't. I don't feel that he even. I don't even necessarily know that he buys into what he's saying. Part of it feels like somebody reaching for a controversial topic as a bargaining yeah. chip, and yeah, and, and and that's a very cheap, cheap bargaining. Is there chip. A such a thing as working yourself? I think he's doing it. I think he's he's worked think he's, he's worked himself it. into his shoot is what he's done. Oh my god. Um so with Yeah, with, that's unfortunate about Venus. Yeah, he's he's somebody who needs to take a long hard look at himself and figure out yeah. what what's wrong with him that he needs to reach out from not being relevant for a good 15 years and all of a sudden grasping at the straw of somebody else's life to try yeah. to make, and it's not just him. There's a, a lot of people saying some really unnecessary, terrible fucking things online. And by the way, fuck each yeah. and every one of you, but fuck each and every one of them. I think, I think it's unnecessary. What accident report has said about this topic and what Cody alluded to in the interview. Um, you sent me as reference for this, for this is, mm-hmm that uh, maybe we need to stop bouncing the ball back towards them. And yeah. like, you know, they want people like that want to catch a rise. And it's important to talk about that what they're saying is bullshit, but it's also like how much time do we need to waste our breath on uh, people like that? And as I was looking into the whole situation and looking at his Twitter and stuff, it, it was just upsetting, but I couldn't, help but wonder if there is a promotion out there that will latch onto this and let him come in and say what did he joke about his new tagline's going to be hello biological women yeah i can't help but wonder if there is a promotion out there that's going to allow him and hire him and pay him to come through and say those things and that's uh i think if that does happen and you find yourself in a situation where you have bought a ticket for this thing i i think uh uh complain about it don't go like show these promotions that that's not okay if it happens that's just i don't know anything i don't know anything about him i don't know what his uh career is like right now apparently he sells marijuana (laughs) yeah that's about all it is he sells marijuana and he says crazy shit on the internet that's about yeah, the extent so let's find of out, Let's find out where his marijuana dispensary is, and uh, we just don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, that sort of thing. That's how it's power. That's 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 so the we way we'll change power. things, is by just not giving these people like Val Venus the time or giving them the yeah. air. Like, we're talking about it right now, but after this, we're not going to talk about it. And I'm not going to bring it up because really they anymore. don't deserve the air. I don't need to talk about it anymore. I think it's interesting. I didn't really know uh, anything about him, and I... I had heard what was going on with Nyla, but uh, I wasn't worried about it, I guess. Right. Yeah. I knew that I would ha- have to talk about it at some point, either with someone or on our podcast. And she's going to live her life, and she's doing great. on iTunes. Um, but, yeah, but I, I know that she's strong enough, and uh, my community is strong enough to uh, say, fuck you, and we don't we don't need you to approve of us anymore. Uh, we never did, but we're finally in a time period where uh, we can actually stand up for ourselves publicly and we can feel supported. Just like when I go into a wrestling show, I can know that I am going to be safe. You know, 
there are people around there that support me and love me. And, uh, wow, this is super serious. Let's say something funny. <laughs> anyway, you get what I'm saying. Absolutely. And, and, um, and that's a good thing. It, the wrestling scene and honestly, the every scene needs to be more like that where no matter who you are you can uh-huh. feel safe where you can feel you walk in, that you're a part safe. of something whether or not you agree with everybody there in the room you should feel safe and i think that's the big difference mm-hmm. between what mm-hmm. people like like you and your community are trying to do as opposed to what people that we're not going to give the time are trying to do with their yeah. terrible things that they're saying so the keeping that warmth and keeping that welcoming spirit is I think something that we all as wrestling fans need to do more of and have. I think we're at a time where, you know, that old school, like cis white toxic masculine, like man has taken his white last breath. Like he's taking his last breath and he's grasping or gasping for air. And, um, that is a beautiful thing to see because I think we are at, you know, a great time in history right now. There are still struggles to go through, but, um, yeah. Do, do you feel that masculinity is becoming this, this currency that some people are just holding on to and don't want to let go of because they don't truly understand what it means? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And here's the thing. I don't think that masculinity is a bad thing. No. I think what makes it bad is when you're using it uh, as a currency and as a power, you know? Right. And and, and that's uh, a good thing, though, that, that that's being trans- it's being changed and it's being translated differently to where, mm-hmm. like you said, back to the back to the wrestling industry. It, we're not in the time of anymore where everybody is a jacked up, super masculine ridiculous bodybuilder. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you have all no. walks of life on those TV shows now for wrestling, which is beautiful. Exactly. And you have people like Effie, who is just this indie darling. Just I love with all Effie. That. Effie is the fucking best. Yeah. Have you seen him live yet? I haven't seen, been in the room. I've watched a lot of his stuff online, but one of my goals is to, is to see one of his shows live. Are you coming to WrestleMania? We shall week. see. I know. I know the big thing you guys have going is the Gay Young Classic that week, right? Yes, and I believe, fingers crossed, as he will be involved in that. But he'll also be at Uncanny Attraction. And now I'm promoting mm. him. What am I doing? He would never do this. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, he'll be at Uncanny Attractions that week, among other things. Oh yeah, I guess uh, I am doing his big show too. Big uh, his um, big gay brunch which is on the Saturday of WrestleMania weekend in Tampa. I'll be doing something. I have no idea what I'm doing at that show. Uh, he hasn't even released my name yet. So, uh, <laughs> Hey, we got it first here. You are hearing it here first. Um, yeah. So, and then, so on April 2nd, uh, it's uncanny attractions and immediately following uncanny attractions, drag, uh, drag Queens and drop kicks is the second annual gay young classic, which is, a lip sync battle between local drag stars and uh, pro wrestlers. And uh, last year, if last year was any indication, it's going to be a crazy time. Didn't, I don't know. Uh, Brody King won. We're right? working at, we're still working out all the details, but I believe Effie will be there and uh, some other people. Yeah. Brody either won oh, or went really far in that, didn't he? 
Brody, I think one of the most, le- he did not win, but one of the most legendary moments was him lip syncing against local uh, New York drag king, Richard, formerly known as Richard DeCocco. They're just going by Richard now. Uh, and uh, Richard is uh, famous for just being gross and showing his penis to everyone. And uh, and I have to say, it's a fake penis, y'all. Uh, and, so uh, it's a work, Dick. Brody grabs the penis and starts whipping it around the stage, and it was just <laughs> a moment to die for. I think it's out there on the internet somewhere. Um, but yeah, you're gonna come to the Gay Young Classic. Uh, the Eventbrite will be going up in the next couple weeks. So uh, um, look up for that. I don't know when this is gonna air, but um, the, the Eventbrite uh, will be up soon, and uh, you'll want to get those tickets because it's probably going to sell out. Absolutely. So you've got that all that going on WrestleMania weekend. Um, where else? Obviously, you guys have the YouTube show. Uh, the Nobody's Watching Wrestling, which is how I was introduced to you guys. I remember just flipping through the YouTube, just suggesting this one day, and I believe oh it God. was the first episode. And I was like, what is this? And, of course, in the way my brain goes, drag queens and wrestling. i got to watch those. Those are going to be great. And here it is how many episodes later I've watched every single thing you guys have put out. I've oh, listened thanks. to the podcast. Did you see it ever going in this direction? Work, you know, you no, know, man. Working no. in drag. Did you ever think you'd be going to WrestleMania weekend to host shows? No, never. I mean, literally, we all thought we were going to do one episode, and that was it. And we go about our day, um, but it's turned into something, and uh, and it continues to develop into something. And uh, somebody was just telling me about the first episode the other day, similar to what you were. I was like wow, we've really come a long way. And it's really, you know what this show has done for me has really given me confidence as the performer and to know that, you know, like I said, I have that voice. Um, I never even thought like drag was going to be a thing for me. I never, you know, but it is. And I am basically a full-time drag queen now. Um, so we have that show. Uh, I will ask you to like and subscribe to our channel we need more subscribers so we can utilize more functions on youtube um you guys have even so done listen, fragrances subscribe. we have fragrances at black phoenix alchemy lab um we have nobody's watching wrestling which is strawberry and black leather it smells like fucking in the backseat of your car as a teenager um <laughs> Basically, and then we also have a fragrance for Mix Nobody, which is uh, the big pageant we throw. It's a big um, queer drag performance pageant we throw every year here in New York. We have that scent out to, what is that? It's like weed, lime, leather. I mean, you have me at weed and lime. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Uh, I love Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab. They've been a supporter of ours since the beginning. Um, as far as me, if you're locally, like I have a drag brunch every Sunday that I'm at. Um, and then I have a new weekly drag bingo show on Mondays. I'll be starting on February 24th. And so that'll be weekly on Mondays. Uh, we have drag race coming up. Brenda, who won the Mix Nobody contest, last year is going to be co-hosting with me for the season of drag race 
in Greenpoint, you can get all of this information if you follow us at the Nobody's NYC on Instagram or if you follow me at the Lady Berica everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, and Venmo if you want to just send me some cash. Do that. <laughs> send Berica some cash. This has been so great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad it finally worked out. I was looking back at our, back at our conversations like, I was supposed to talk to him two podcasts ago. <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's uh, been on my list. It's like, one day I'm going to get Barrick on. One day I'm going to get Barrick on. One day I'm going to get uh, I'm glad it finally worked out, and I do have to apologize for, I mean, there was one time I was supposed to talk to you about cats or something, or record a poem, and... Um, yeah, there was a point where I was going to have people read cat poetry, and that was going to be a big thing. And you were one of the first. We sound like we get along really well. We would, so. we would. But you can catch Berica on Nobody's Watching Wrestling. Follow Berica on all the channels. Send the money with Venmo. Send the money. But once again, listen to us on iTunes. Listen on iTunes. There's a podcast. There's a show. There's a scent. You oh. can hear. You can see. You can smell them. You should do all of those all things. of us. Oh, I forgot to mention we have Ring Gear Remix Season 2. We're going to start recording that very soon. And we do have a level on our Patreon, uh, Patreon backslash The Nobodies, where you can choose a wrestler to be remixed. So um, get on that. It's only 25 bucks. Those are great. The, re- the Ring Gear Remixes are always wonderful. I mean, once again, all of this content from the nobodies, go support it because it's going to support it. wrestling. It's going to support our scene. It's going to support support inclusion. All of this is yeah. better for all of us. So this is something all yeah. wrestling fans across the board should support. Uh, Berica, I'm going to let you take us out. What's what's the last thing you could leave everybody with getting worked on? I don't know. I feel like I what just went through my head was getting worked, like work. Uh, W E R K. Get yourself out to a local drag queen, a drag show, and get worked, honey. That's the thing of this week. Go out, find a drag show, get W E R K D. Make sure you bring those dollars for those queens because they are working hard. <laughs>